in the next 60 minutes here on Newsnight. It's a needless pursuit. Minority fights finance ministry's decision to set up a financial oversight desk for Cocoa Board, describing the move as hopeless. It's, it's needless to applaud them because what they are enacting is a hopeless scenario. But more importantly, this is a vindication of what we've been saying all along. More as the finance ministry begins monthly auditing of electricity company of Ghana revenues as part of measures to help upset $1.1 billion legacy debt. The collections will be audited every quarter and agreed by PURC to make sure that um, the cash waterfall mechanism are always sort of respected. Also tonight, the Director General of the Ghana Health Service is tonight directing all hospitals in flood-affected areas to offer free medical treatment to persons without NHIS cards and those who do not have funds to pay for services. We've also, I've also directed that for those people who may have lost their health insurance cards or do not have resources, the facility should offer uh, free care in the interim whilst we find solutions to address these challenges. Then later, Health Ministry and the National Health Insurance Authority set to announce a comprehensive solution to funding kidney treatment. In a couple of weeks, as President Dakufado into things following Joe News Limited Series Dialysis Crisis. When the matter came up, the President instructed the health authorities to examine it and to come to the table with various recommendations on how to deal with it. And I do know that those recommendations are due in the next couple of weeks. And in business, Bank of Ghana increases dollar support for commercial banks to help deal with the sustained pressure on the Ghana city. And in sports, the maiden edition of the African Football League set to kick off with Egyptian giant Al Hali and Tanzanian giant Simba FC kicks play. This is why we say goodbye to you for 2023. You are speechless. We weren't expecting this thing to happen to us. They can never mark preset. You see, my eyes are red. It's not because we have lost. That's why my eyes are red. Yes, naturally, that's why my eyes are Opokuwari Senior High School inches closer to their third NSMQ title after dismantling five-time champions Prepper College in the semifinals in a very close, close race. This is where you want to be for the latest in this ongoing titanic clash between Presec Legon battling with Keta SHS and Infantipim. Can Presec hold on? Details shortly, all here on Newsnight. Plus your views also. And tonight, a minority in parliament is dismissing the Ministry of Finance and the Bank of Ghana's decision to set up a monitoring desk to observe the finances of the Ghana Cocoa Board to ensure discipline in expenditure. Cocoa Board has over the years been reeling under huge annual losses, which has been identified as a major threat to the sector and government fiscal efforts, uh, of course, under the uh, International Monetary Fund Program. Speaking exclusively to my colleague, George Yafe, in a yet-to-be-aired interview on PM Express Business Edition later tonight, the Finance Minister, Kendall Furiata, said the purchase of fertilizers and the construction of cocoa roads will be strictly monitored to ensure they are within budget limits. In fact, he says, the ministry and the BOG will take a seat on the Cocoa Board board. Both the 
uh, governor of the central bank and the minister for finance myself will now be on the board and uh, we also uh, have um, set up a, a desk or setting up a desk um, at the Ministry of Finance that will really interact with the financing division of Cocoa Board um, to make sure that the issues of fertilizer, cocoa roads, um, overheads, you know, are all brought um, into an ambit um, of, um, of discipline. Um, so those then uh, begin to tell you how we are getting into the issue of expenditure and also on the revenue side. Uh, you mentioned Cocoa Board. What is the status of the restructuring, both the Cocoa Board and the energy sector debts as well? And whether we are engaged uh, on much more on a daily basis as to what's going on. Um, and then to be able to ensure that issues of fertilizers and cocoa roads are rationalized. So that's important. Well, the minority is already dismissing the move, describing it as hopeless. Listen to the deputy ranking member on the Greek Food and uh, Cocoa Affairs Committee in Parliament, Dr. Godfrey Sedu Chisal. It's, it's needless to applaud them because um, what they are enacting is a hopeless scenario. Um, but more importantly, this is a vindication of what we've been saying all along. We've said that for six years, Cocoa Board's has been run at a loss and that something terrible is happening at Cocoa Board and then they have denied it for six years. Now they have come round and the last thing I heard from the finance minister was his indication that he was going to sit on the board of Cocoa Board together with the governor of the Bank of Ghana. These two individuals are going to sit on the board of Cocoa Board. That is already a suspect. We have said time and time again that Cocoa Board has run a lot in the last six years. And that's something needs to be done. This Cocoa Road thing that you say they are going to, to investigate and so on. Why will it take you six years to investigate? Well, Dr. Jussar joins us on the telephone line right now. Doc, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Thank you very much, Ivan. So you've identified that there's a problem at Cocoa Board. This is a solution that the finance minister is proposing. It appears that the finance minister and the bureau have come to the conclusion that Cocoa Board, they need supervision. And because of the lack of supervision, uh, they are possibly being reckless. Isn't this a way to deal with the problem? Why do you believe it's, it's hopeless? Well, it's hopeless because of the track record of the individuals proposing this so-called solution. This is the finance minister. That his record is clear. You are living through it. He's messed up the economy of this country. This is a, a, a Bank of Ghana governor whose track record, again, is clear to everybody. This is a call that we have been making in the last six years. Yeah, well, better late than never. No, but, but at this moment, what is the state of Cocoa Board? As we speak, Ivan, this is October 19th or 20th? 19th. They have not been able to get syndicated loan to be able to buy cocoa, whose season has long started. That tells you a lot. They cannot even put the banks and syndicated loan together. They can't. Cocoa production has been declining. Indeed, we are wondering whether this year we'll be able to get 500,000 metric tons. So, so the whole sector has been run down completely. And so the solution is not the finance minister and then the, bank of, the governor of the Bank of Ghana sitting on the board. If, 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 I think if, we if need not. to even dig further uh -huh. to check the legality of that. We have to check the, the, the Cocoa Board Act to see whether that even allows it in the first place. Yeah, but be it as it may, if yeah. it allows, what really are they coming to do? Well, they, they are going to give them closer supervision and monitoring. If not that, what was the solution you are proposing? If there are systems in place, what we are saying is that let's have a whole, an overall audit of the management regime of Cocoa Board. The Auditor General has raised this year in, year out. That tells you a failure of governance. Because if it's been raised, why will we wait till there's a hopeless situation now at Cocoa Board? 
then the Minister of Finance goes to sit on the board. Is he going to sit as the chair of the board? Is he going to sit and overrule what the board chair uh, approves and agrees as, as, as sentiments and decisions of the board? What's he going to sit to do? What, is the, what does the board that do anyway? There's a management in place. The board simply oversees. I would have thought that you are saying that what the board has overseen the management doing has been a mess. You were going to dissolve the board. You were going to wipe out the management, reset a management arrangement. Then they can begin to be confident. But that is not happening because it's a larger reflection of what is happening in the economy. The president cannot even do anything to the finance minister. So the same way, they can't even do anything to the board. So unfortunately, it appears we have to deal with this, this scenario until, say, the next election. And so sitting on the board brings in nothing new. I'm sorry, Evan, there's nothing new coming up. Well, but also, Parliament, I know you've been complaining about this, but you have the authority to, to bring greater scrutiny to what Cocoa is doing. It's our money. It's one of our biggest earners in this, in this struggling economy. Have you done that beyond, of course, complaining about this on the floor and, and sometimes in, in press conferences? Yes, we have done. We have invited the Cocoa Board several. They've appeared before us on a number of situations, and it doesn't just add up. Indeed, most of the complaints you've heard us talk about has been an outcome of meetings that we have held with the Cocoa Board. We've scrutinized the books, and that's why I'm telling you authority that it's a complete mess. It's hopeless. One reflection is that they can't even raise the syndicated loan as we speak. Banks have no confidence because the governor of the Bank of Ghana, again, has his own challenges in how he has run banks. Well, Mr. Giselle, thank you very much. And he is the deputy ranking member on the Greek Food and Cocoa Affairs Committee in Parliament. Thankfully, we can speak to the deputy chief executive of Cocoa Board in charge of operations, Dr. Emmanuel Poku. Doc, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Yes, hello. Good uh, evening. Good evening. Great to have you join us. The, the finance minister has, has spoken to us exclusively in which he says... Now they want to take a seat on your board because they're simply not happy with the way you've run the place. You can see that this is a, a pretty obvious damning verdict on the administration that you're a part of. Well, uh, thank you uh, and good evening. Uh, I, the only, uh, I, don't, I don't have much to say. The, what, the only thing I want to say is that if you look at the Cocoa Board structure, the finance ministry or the minister's rep as a member of the board. So is that the, mini the minister or his rep? So, uh, except that the minister himself, because of his schedule, his busy schedule, he has uh, one, one of his deputies always come in. And even that, sometimes, because of the, the, the nature of the government's business, they are not able to make it. The governor of Bank of Ghana is also a member of the board. And also... Most of the, the, especially the the IMF issues and all that, it was difficult for them. And I don't think anybody begrudges them. We are working according to the the requirements of of the Cocoa Board law. We work under a board chaired by somebody appointed by the by the government. And the Minister of Finance is a member of the board. We have the Minister of Greek also on the board. And in this case, as a Deputy Minister who represents the, the Minister. So I, I don't think Cocoa Board has done anything wrong. Cocoa Board, we cannot spend anything without the board's consent and then our supervising ministry's approval. So it's, it beats it my imagination. To, to believe that somebody, you know, raises an accusation that we have been reckless, we have been this. Cocoa Board doesn't spend any money without the board's approval and the ministry's approval. So it just means that we are doing what the law requires us to do. We have appeared before Parliament a couple of times. 
And I don't think they have found anything against Cocoa Board. Uh, we have auditors that audit our accounts and they understand how Cocoa works. One major thing is that uh, Cocoa Board, we by law, we are not supposed to make profit. We have been operating and meeting governments, what the things what government wants us to do or finance. Now, I think that with this IMF requirement, the Minister of Finance has made, uh, has agreed with a plan that Cocoa Board should be allowed to make profit. That is good because that is how every every organization should operate. But before then, in the, with all the previous governments and all that, from the from the time I joined the ministry, this was in the PNDC time before we, we started uh, the Fourth Republic. The boards have been there, chaired by, uh, chaired by an appointee of the president. And Cocoa Board had operated according to the laws and the statutes that the Cocoa Board law, you know, permits us. So if somebody sits there somewhere and says, Cocoa Board has been reckless, we cannot be reckless. We cannot operate or spend any or give approval for anything that government has not approved. So this is all I want to say here. Yes. So that people get to understand. Just for clarity, I just want you to listen to the finance minister and the context in which he places their decision now to take a seat on your board. Listen. Both the uh, governor of the central bank and the minister for finance, myself, will now be on the board. Uh, We also... Uh, have um, set up a, a desk or setting up a desk um, at the Ministry of Finance that will really interact with the financing division of Cocoa Board um, to make sure that the issues of fertilizer, cocoa roads, um, overheads, you know, are all brought um, into an ambit um, of, um, of discipline. There you have it, Mr. Poku. Discipline. Yeah. That suggests that you've been in discipline. And that's why the finance minister himself, no. the BOG no. governor, are not only taking a seat, but they are also setting up a desk. He says discipline. No, you see, I don't think the minister imputes that we have been in discipline. Because as I said, there's nothing Cocoa Board or the board would do that doesn't have the approval of the government. Uh, and as I, as I said, the minister or the ministry, that's the two ministries, finance and agriculture, they are all members of Cocoa Board. And so, they, they, they are reps attend. But this time, the minister himself wants to attend, which is very, very good and welcoming. Exactly. So that everybody gets to know that we, we, have, we have not been doing anything outside of what the ministry or the government, you know, has permitted us to do, or the law has permitted us to do. This is the situation. Uh-huh. The, the, the point that, that the ministry would want to appoint a desk, it has, been, it has been there, except that for some time it wasn't really working, working because uh, in the past, the minister himself doesn't come, and the, 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 the desk officer attends the board meetings, because they have, they have the time to, to be there and then report to the minister. But now it is the, the, the deputy minister or the minister himself. And you know how government business works. It's busy. So they, they may not have the time to attend. That is different from the period where an officer or a desk officer comes and attends on, on the on behalf of the minister, and then go goes back to to report to the minister. I don't know how it works right now, but I believe that the minister's presence will be very helpful, so that we all get to know that oh, truly, Cocoa Board was, was reckless, or Cocoa has been has been operating according to the, the, the law. I believe that the minister's presence is a very important, and, and the governor is already a member of the board, so his presence is. Ability to attend meetings will, will also add up. Yeah. And then, at the end of the day, everybody will see that, oh, after all, 
Cocoa Board hasn't hasn't been reckless in anything. Yeah, let, let me let me find out. I mean, how much debt are you currently saddled with? Well, right now, I, I will not be able to tell you any information because I am not a I'm not the the one in charge of finance, and I don't have any documents before me to speak to to to, to it. Uh, but they, but they, we all know that you are in qu quite some state of the con debt. It's the reason why the IMF is keeping a close eye on this, and the, the, we've seen the uh, finance minister make the pronouncement he's made. And you also make the point that now you're going to be required to make profit. Yeah. What does that mean for the farmer, the cocoa farmer? What would that mean for them? Well, you know, whatever we make, we, we spend it on the farm. Okay, the point is that we do a lot of investments in helping the farmer to 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 to, re, to repair the problems or or to correct the problems that they face, and these are the problems: diseases. Okay, and and diseases is not just pests. Currently, we have been working to rehabilitate all the cocoa farms. In Ghana, I tell you, it is a massive investment. People sit at the back; they don't know what is going on. You know, and it is important that people, before you speak, you either come to Cocoa Board or you read about to get to know what is really happening. Cocoa is a tree crop; if it stays. For a period, and after that, it, it gets old. Okay, if it gets old, it, it can be it can be affected by diseases or over age, and then you have to replant, or you have to you know co control the spread of the disease. So it is, it is a lot of work and a lot of investment. A lot of the work we've been doing in recent time is to try to replant the, the all the moribund farms and diseased farms. You know, some of the farms, some of the diseases are such that there's nothing you can do. You you have to cut the cocoa and replant. It's a huge investment. This was not being done in the past. It is during this time, the last since 2018, that we've been doing that to date. And we have rehabilitated, rehabilitated a lot of men, several thousands of cocoa, far, uh, cocoa farms, which were not in production. They are young farms. We will start seeing the re results in the next, you know, four to five years. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, if at that point, what will people say? Everything you've said tonight is in defense of what Cocoa Board have done. You have not been reckless. You've, you've done... A your work according to the, the, the books. The finance ministry have reps and they are there. But the evidence, the numbers say that Cocoa Board is hugely in debt. Cocoa Board is struggling. There's a concern about whether you can even raise a syndicated loan you require. The finance ministry is reacting to that by saying they want to sit on the bench. All that points to some definite uh, mismanagement that you're in. The, the, just as I said, there's no mismanagement anywhere. Okay, and, and Cocoa Board, Cocoa Board cannot be any investment without the board's approval and without the the, the, the ministry's approval. Do, do you have any the latest the, on on the syndication loan and and what will happen this year? The, the syndication loan is going to be signed. You see, it, it will it will confound all the critics. We don't have to go public and say we are doing this tomorrow. We're going to sign. It will be signed. Do you have a timeline for this? I don't see you have a timeline the for problem this? here with the syndication. Okay. Thank you very much. That's the Deputy Chief Executive of the Ghana Cocoa Board in charge of operations, Dr. Imanola Poku, on the night when the Finance Minister is disclosing that he himself and the BOG Governor will take a seat on their board and they want to instill discipline in the way they handle their finances. Well, you want to join us with your thoughts also, especially if you're a cocoa farmer or you're related to one. Let me hear from you. 055-111-1997. Tonight, it is emerging that after the Joy News Dialysis Crisis Thought Leadership event, the Ministry of Health and the National Health Insurance Authority 
are expected to release a comprehensive plan to fund kidney treatment in Ghana. That's when you have uh, a kidney failure and you need possibly dialysis. This will determine the direction of government in dealing with this uh, kidney uh, problem. Now, the Private Health uh, Facilities Association of Ghana is also pushing for government to scrap taxes on medical equipment imported into the country. According to them, uh, this could result in a potential 40% reduction in the cost of dialysis. This was uh, in a statement they issued tonight, uh, sent to government following a joint news special campaign, Dialysis Crisis. Dr. Yao Osafo is the Eastern Regional Rep of the association. The dialyzer that you use, the chemicals, the fluids that you use, the tubes, most of them, we would discard them, can't use them again. That's about 25%. Then the, of course, if you buy an equipment, the equipment has a lifespan of about 10 years, you're going to have to spread that over a period. So I'm thinking realistically, we're looking up to about 40% reduction in cost if you do add the consumables, um, dialysis-specific consumables, you're looking at as much as about 40% reduction in, in the cost. But our proposal is is to waive the, the in particular the taxes. I mean the, the cost. We are we are bearing the cost, we are buying the equipment, you know, from out there. But then when it comes in, it will be very helpful if we waive it. Well, the information minister Kojo Ponkuma received the proposal and disclosed the government has already taken steps to deal with the dialysis crisis. First, I think it's important to inform you that um, when the matter came up, the president instructed the health authorities to examine it and to come to the table with various recommendations on how to deal with it. And I do know that those recommendations are due in the next couple of weeks uh, by both the Health Insurance Authority and the Ministry uh, of Health. And so the inputs that you are sharing with us today, I am very sure that it will find expression at the table uh, when those considerations are being made. Health is a public service. And ordinarily, it will be the job of government to uh, provide quality, affordable health care that is accessible to the population everywhere. We know the uh, financing constraints we have as a country. So when private sector is um, supporting, it's only a complement to what government should be doing. But health is a public service. So the first point you make about some support in being able to get in equipment like dialysis equipment and other related equipment, I think is simple and straightforward that we should explore ways by which we can make it easy and affordable for the private sector to bring in dialysis equipment, etc. And specifically the matter of taxes on dialysis machines or maybe other related machines are things that I think we should look at. And I can assure you that there are things that we will raise cogently at the table, our cabinet, and make a strong case um, for it that it's something that if the public service on its own doesn't have the resources to bring in these equipment and the uh, private sector wants to do so uh, it makes sense that we don't then add you know taxes um, to it despite the kind of revenues that we need uh, as a country it makes sense well kojo bafua hinkra uh, has a, a kidney disease he's been uh, on dialysis for 10 years and joins us quickly right now he was uh, one of the key voices when we ran that campaign uh Hinkra, thanks for your time uh, so you listen to the information minister show that the president has given a directive that uh, they he'll be getting a briefing pretty shortly and something's going to be done in terms of making the treatment affordable uh, i wonder what's your reaction to that uh, thank you thank you very much so it's a welcoming news. Um, we, we, we thank God at least uh, they've heard our cry. But the problem we we the patient from Kolubuya. Still, the unit is close to the outpatient people. After the time we did this story, we are 14 dead. Now we are 18 dead. 18 people gone. So please, yes, it's a welcome. We thank the government for what he has done so far. We appreciate it. Yes, but how quickly is it going to be? How quickly is it going to be? People are dying. People are dying. When we came to the studio, could the Kulebusi or made us understood that there was some debt that they were owing, some yeah, four, four million. Four million. And yes. I remember Dr. Asiasa yes. promised yes. that they will work to it, that maybe that money can be get to them. And the Kulebusi promised that if that four million is paid, they will open up the unit to us. You, you so are... the unit is still not open, even. Absolutely. It's still not open. We are still struggling going to private facilities to do the dialysis. Mm. 
you, you are absolutely right, Mr. Hinkra. Thank you very much for that uh, quick uh, reaction to what we just had there from the Information Minister. And, and uh, if you followed that uh, Thought Leadership event that we did, indeed, the Kolebu CEO who was on the show with the, uh, the Presidential Advisor on Health disclosed what they will require to reopen the dialysis units at Kolebu. Uh, he says they need a 4 million CD because they are in debt. The renal unit has a deficit or has a financial deficit of 4 million cities that we need to, uh, you know, that we are trying to find ways of... Is, is that debt? Yes, that's you debt. you owe a supplier? No, it's debt. Yes, debt. Debt that we owe. How do you accrue that? Uh, How was that accrued? It's because of, of the under-recovery from the, from the service that we are providing. And so to run at full throttle uh, would mean that with this debt is going to balloon. Okay, and that is why there was a need for us to look at adjusting the, uh, the, the you know the price. But then um, we also have about forty-five uh, you know machines that the supply or, or the, the supply is supposed to bring in that be, what that have been withheld because of this debt. You know, who, who is withholding it? That's the Fizinos Medical Care. Uh, that's the company that uh, produces the dialysis machines and supplies the consumables. And because of the debt, the outstanding debt. The supply had been withheld. We are now engaged with government, with the ministry, with other stakeholders to see how quickly we can, you know, find the resources to advance. Because at the moment we are sitting in a four million uh, city hall. The current, uh, if we are to operate at uh, our uh, current capacity, which is about two thousand uh, dialysis sessions every month, then it means that we are going to accumulate sixty-one thousand cities of debt every month. Uh, you know, in addition to the 4 million cities that we have already. So this is financially unsustainable. And that is why we are also in discussion to see how this can be ameliorated. Okay. And he said on that particular program that if government gave them that help, they will reopen the unit. And he got that assurance from the presidential advice on health, Dr. Anthony Insiansari, who was seated next to him. Yes, there's discussion going on. So they will get the money, you can assure, because everybody's listening. This is very, very important. Yes, they have to be supported for Ghanaians to get the treatment. So you, you can assure us today on the show that Kolebu will get the money to open the OPD? The Kolebu's chief executive was at the presidency yesterday of the board, Chairman. So I, I, I'm, I'm just, just, just want to get a commitment. They will get the money. Oh, the government is to assist and help the people. So whatever government wants to do to assist the people, that's what they will do. Well, as you just heard there uh, from Ms. Ahinkra, who lives with a kidney condition, that facility still remains closed. Uh, we've been checking if government had actually uh, made good this promise that was made to the CEO. And we yet to get any clarity on that. But I guess uh, the fact that the unit remains closed speaks volumes. Make of that what you will. But we'll keep monitoring, following until those promises are kept. This is... News night on Joy 99.7 FM. Right after business, breast cancer survivors living with the scars of the disease demand government absorbs the full cost of treatment under the National Health Insurance Scheme. It's no one's fault that we have cancer. It's not a disease that you choose. It's a disease that happens to you. It can happen to anyone. And then we return to the Volta region where tonight the Director General of the Ghana Health Service is directing that uh, those who are currently in need of medical attention, they get it free of charge if they can't find their NHIS. Details of that right after business. Hello, George. And um, looking forward to this interview with the Finance Minister later tonight. It has generated a fair bit of interest. Yeah, yeah interesting. And even so I'll be getting more on this from the offer that government has also made to the Eurobond holders, whereas insisting that they should look at government's ability to meet future financial commitment in terms of what it has proposed to them. And Bank of Ghana increases dollar support for commercial banks as it takes steps to deal with the sustained pressure on the local currency. The Business News on News Night is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Kingdom Books and Stationery and Syntax Tanks and also Pepsodent, Charcoal and Hebel. When you want to eat, just Momo it. Tired of the long queues in the supermarket? Pay with Momo. When you really want that beautiful new blouse, just Momo it. When you want to get a trim and get fresh to impress you-know-who, just Momo it. When you need to pay your utility bills and domestic staff, Shani Momo. When you want to send love to the family back home, send some Momo. Join the millions of MTN Momo users all over Ghana and live 
life the brighter way. So just momo it. MTN. Hooray! The Kingdom Books and Stationery Limited's Back to School promotion is here with us once again. From the 4th of September to the 31st of October 2023, Kingdom Books and Stationery Limited is giving a generous 10% to 15% discount on all school items like textbooks, pens, pencils, erasers, exercise books, and so much more across all our branches in Accra, Tema, Kumasi, Takradi, Winnipeg, Cape Coast. Parents, teachers, and students, please hurry while stock lasts. For more information, call us on 0302-764-101 or 0302-764-209 or email info at kingdomgh.com. You can also visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Kingdom Books, where quality and affordability are both assured. Terms and conditions apply. Syntex has it all. Syntex Tank was first to introduce double layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana, and now introduces the customer specs order, which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you. So, whatever your water consumption, size of project, or demand, choose Syntex Tank. Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexGH.com. Syntex Tank, a year strong, a year tough. For over 10 years, Old Mutual has been touching lives in Ghana. Whether you're a trader or a student, an entrepreneur, or an employer, or nearing your retirement, we have the right financial solutions tailored just for you. Contact Old Mutual on 030-7000-600 or visit our website on oldmutual.com.gh to learn more. And let's realize your financial freedom together. 10 years of greatness, here for a lifetime. Old Mutual, do great things every day. you welcome back to business on news night now bank of ghana is still taking some measures to deal with the recent pressure on the ghana city the regulator has increased the amount of dollars it sold to commercial banks that is which happened on wednesday the development analysts say have helped narrow the buying and selling rates that the commercial banks offer to their clients some of these commercial banks are linking the improved liquidity on the market to the central bank's intervention some bank treasurers have also told joy business that they expect the marginal gains to continue to the end of this week now, Finance Minister Kenneth Riata has justified the proposed offer to euro bondholders as part of measures to restructure the external debts. Government is looking up to 40% cut on the principal of euro bondholders as well as not more than 5% on the coupon payments. The minister argued that investors should care about government's ability to meet its financial obligations going into the future. He's been speaking on a yet-to-be-aired PM Express business edition at 9 p.m. tonight. Certain period and the world has gone through um, this difficulty which has affected all creditors. How then do you um, restructure the portfolio such that um, it will be paid over time? 
So you need to give the country space um, for the growth and jobs issues that I mentioned, so there will be productivity to be able to sustain it, and also um, significantly to acknowledge that you know we haven't come this without come to this without doing anything. Our domestic debt exchange program was difficult, um, sacrificial, um, and so we have bed and shared. Um, it's not like we are coming and telling you, well, you take a haircut and we haven't done anything. Considerable restructuring in Ghana where we moved interest rates uh, from maybe an average of 19.2 um, to 9%. Now that's significant. Uh, and so that's all on the table. Um, we have done our part with regards to bed and sharing. We have done our part with regards to the economic indicators as to where we go. We've done it in the fastest possible time. I think it then behoves you to also tick those three boxes that we have so that we can get to the equilibrium. That we and Finance Minister Ken Ufriata speaking on a yet-to-be-add PM Express Business Edition at 9 p.m. tonight. The public interest and accountability committee says Cosmos Energy wrongfully paid withholding tax into the petroleum holding fund in 2020 and 2021, totaling $3 million. The committee is also maintaining that the Jubilee Oil Holding Fund had paid uh, about proceeds left in from the first half of this year. Now, this was captured in its semi annual report. James Shen has more in this report. Piak said this is the fourth consecutive time the Jubilee Oil Holding Limited have failed to pay the proceeds from the Jubilee and 10 fields totaling $343 million. The report feathered that the total number of existing petroleum agreements has reduced from 14 to 13 as at end of June 2023 to the relinquishment of AGM Petroleum's entire interest in the south deep water of tunnel contract area. About 6.73% of the total 131 million cities of the annual budgeting funded amount was transferred to the District Assembly Common Fund in the first half of 2023. The semi-annual report also suggested that the Ghana Infrastructure Investment Fund plans to invest $380 million in the Tema Motorway and the Pualugu Multipurpose Dam over the period of 2023 to 2025. Out of this, a little over $41 million was disbursed to the Ghana Infrastructure Investment Fund for the special investment vehicle viability gap for the Tamamoto extension project from January to June 2023. And that is James Shen's report. Now, head of sales and marketing at KPMG Ghana, Akisiaka, says there's a need to tighten regulatory framework that governs the fintech space. According to her, this is needed to clamp down on money laundering activities in Ghana. She's been speaking at the launch of the 2023 Ghana Fintech Award. And really, as the industry grows and with all digital you know, platforms, there need to be the need for a regulatory framework. It's a new sector, so it's now evolving and there need to be the guided rules for everybody to play within the same scheme. And really, at this point, when it comes to money usage through e-commerce and you know, e-transfers and all that, that's where we see the upsurge of money laundering as well. So then we are positioned to really help the industry to make sure that the regulatory environment is actually robust that can sustain anti-money laundering capabilities and also support systems and all that. Head of Sales and Marketing at KPMG Ghana, Kisiaka, to the stock market. If you're a shareholder of Ecobank, the value of each share that you're holding today was up by 20 pesos to close at five Ghana cities, 60 pesos. And if you've also invested on the Ghana Stock Exchange from January to date, returns now is almost at 28%. And that's all uh, for business on news night. Even so, let's make a date at 9 p.m. on PM Express tonight. Mm. Finance Minister, exclusive with George Weafe. George, thank you very much. Thank you. Yvette. See you at nine. Now, some breast cancer survivors are demanding government absorb the full cost of treatment of the disease under the National Health Insurance Scheme. Although the scheme currently covers the cost of some consumables used in treatment, the survivors say the remaining financial burden is sending some patients to their early graves. They tell John News the cost-intensive nature of treating the disease has left many in debt. Here is Kwesia Daikwatin's report read to you. 
Joyce Barnlaby has won a battle with breast cancer. The businesswoman and mother of four describes the day she was diagnosed as the day life came to a halt. Joyce says her struggle with breast cancer went beyond the thorn in her flesh. It was a battle for money to keep her alive. It's all about money. Money. Because you knowing that you are in stage one or stage two, alone, that one alone is money. You have to buy a biopsy needle, take a sample to the pathologist, a lot. The money involved alone is killing some of the women because she would decide not to come at all to the hospital. Money is a challenge. Joycelyn Yaokuma is a critical nurse and says she has seen patients at their lowest points. Joycelyn says she never thought she would also need critical care until her breast cancer was diagnosed in 2019. Most of the time we only hear the chemo drugs are expensive. But the other medications they add to this chemo treatment, there's one that is called Neupogen. If you are supposed to be taking Neupogen uh, three days like after chemo, one at my time was 460 and you have to take it for three days so that's like 1300 and some amount including the chemo that you are paying for so it makes it very expensive now every three weeks before you go for chemo you have to do labs which is also expensive after that then radiotherapy for that one there's nothing like insurance or anything so even if you get the money to pay even get it to get your chance with the machine can break your heart She's therefore calling on government to absorb the full cost of treatment. It's no one's fault that we have cancer. It's not a disease that you choose. It's a disease that happens to you. It can happen to anyone. It's no respect of your religion or your socioeconomic. It's no respect of anyone. It can happen to you. So we are just pleading that please make the medications available. Those that are no insurance, at least it can be put on insurance. Please. This one is to all, not only government, but every stakeholder. Ibrahim Oponkwating, the executive director of Mena Breast Cancer Foundation, lost his wife to breast cancer complications in 2020. This birthed the initiative to support cancer patients. He believes the burden of breast cancer sufferers will reduce if government absorbs the cost of treatment. Government should make breast cancer care free. It's important. Much as we are all aware that government incurs a lot of costs, in the health care delivery system. It is important to also know that uh, there are many poor women in the poverty bracket who cannot pay for the high cost of treatment for breast cancer. From biopsy, from mammogram, pathology, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, surgery, and so on and so forth, you need a fortune at the bank. So we are pleading with government to make breast cancer care and treatment free. Director General of the Ghana Health Service, Dr. Patrick Kumabwaji says there is an ongoing advocacy for the cost of treating breast cancer to be fully absorbed by the National Health Insurance Scheme. I will continue to advocate, as you heard in my speech, that we have a full cover for, for breast cancer, however it comes from other insurance or other subsidies or some uh, approach that will allow us to be taking that the cost of care away from the patient. So, that's where we are now, but we continue to advocate. I'm sure you're all part. The survivors are calling on all stakeholders to support cancer patients in their treatment journey. And of course, we are using the entire month to create awareness about breast cancer and the need to keep checking. Very important. Let's do sports now. Uh, Ms. Bao is here with the very latest. Hello, Ms. Bao. Hello, Evans. Well, uh, we're just keeping tabs on the national size of mosquitoes. And, um, yeah. Uh, oh, goodness me. I let Geography uh, go because uh, mm. his school is in the contest. Oh, per sec. Yeah. yeah. They're, just, they're just wrapping up at round one. And from what I monitored, it's the Fantapung who are leading round Woo! one. Can so, somebody call Judge yeah. for me? <laughs> Fantapung is leading round one. Per sec is second. And Keta are third in that order. So we'll see what happens there. But in terms of sports, the maiden edition of the African Football League is set to kick off tomorrow. And Katsi uh, and uh, Joy Prime, her sister station, has gotten the full right to cover that game. So all the games are going to be live 
on Joy Prime. Then African Football League is a Novel League, which has been introduced by the Confederation of African Football, and it to see eight teams participating in the inaugural edition. Now, the teams that will be taking part include Simba of Tanzania. You have Al Hali of Egypt in there. You have TP Mazembe there. You have Esperance also there. You have Enyimba there. You have Without Athletic there. You have uh, Petro in there. You have Mamelodi Sundowns also in there. Uh, there's no Ghanaian club in the inaugural edition. However, it's expected that in the second edition, Ghanaian clubs will be able to participate in it. Now, the president of Confederation African Football, Patrice Motepe, has been explaining to us what this tournament really, really is going to do for the clubs. The African Football League will be uh, a very important step to ensure that club football on the African continent is globally competitive, it's exciting, the fans love it, and it uh, involves the best players on the continent, and uh, the prize money will be amongst the biggest. We recognize that an important part of maintaining and ensuring that the best African players play in Africa is linked to the, the salaries that we will be paying all of these players. Those salaries have to be competitive, and uh, we also want to make sure that the clubs that are participating, it's an important part towards the football clubs on the continent becoming self-sustaining and very importantly, becoming profitable. Swatsepa, the, the president of the Confederation African Football. But what, one of our very own, Asama Jan, who is an ambassador for the league, has also been offering his predictions ahead of the first games. Everybody is here to, to win uh, the Super League and um, honestly, I'll, I'll be back to, to be watching and of course on paper, everybody know um, Alali of Egypt is, is, is a very, very strong team who has been dominating for, for recent years, for the past decades and um, right now, um, everybody also wants the challenge, you know, for, for now, I think on paper, Alali of Egypt looks more stronger, but you might never know um, other preparation from, uh, from other teams, you know, so um, honestly, I would say on paper, Alagli is, is, is the favorite on, on, on paper right now, you know, but there might be surprises. Uh, so much and there. Well, so the games uh, starts tomorrow, and uh, the first game is Simba uh, taking on Al Hali. The game will be in Tanzania, which will be live on Joy Prime at 3 p.m. That's it for sports, brought to you by Pepsi and Herbal and Chaco Events. Thank you very much, Ms. Bao. A few of your messages on our WhatsApp console now. And uh, uh, this one on what we brought you on top story relating to the National Security Minister's assessment of the security threat which borders on uh, a trend where civil society, uh, media, and academia actors are engaged in active promotion of coup d'etat. Well, he says maybe the, the, the national security minister is confused as to what strategy is needed to be deployed to combat insurgency. And on this subject, on still on that subject, is another one with no name. He says that Kandapa wants to silence the influencers in the media space. That's his view. Also, Edmund from Awoshi, uh, listening to the deputy CEO of Cocoa Board issue, I think the man is hiding from the truth. Uh, if there is discipline, what's the finance minister's presence going to do? I thought the finance minister is busy. He is a deputy CEO. Uh, is, it, is the deputy CEO saying cabinet, the board members, and the management of Cocoa Board are complicit in the failure? Uh, is a question that he's asking. And uh, Manasseh says what the Minister of Finance said was in the right direction. Just come and see a cocoa board road from Suhum to Adakwa. It was in bad state, a road less than 80 months and a lot of potholes and nobody cares. A few of your comments there. Now, the Director General of the Ghana Health Service, Dr. Kuma Bwaji, has directed all hospitals in flood-affected areas to offer free medical treatment to persons without NHIS cards and those who do not have funds to pay for the services. Now, earlier, displaced persons who had uh, either misplaced or did not have NHIS cards in the floodwaters told journeys they are struggling to access health care. I've lost everything in the flood that came the last time, including my health insurance card. The government had even set up a clinic for us here. But because I've lost my national health insurance card, I can't go to the hospital. Well, the Ghana Health Service boss says costs will no longer be a hindrance. 
of response. One of them, we have the regional emergency of uh, operating center that continue to meet and provide updates and response to them. Um, we've, as a national level, have made paid visit to the Volta region, uh, led by the Director of Public Health. And also we have also received some donations of medicines and stuff from VRA. But so far, medicines and supplies are available. We have GMA that is also created a platform to also offer free care to the displaced people, including the Ghana Registered Midwives and Nurse Midwives Association, as well as, as well as the Sacrosa Society of Ghana, who are also moving to Volta Region to offer care. We've also have also directed that for those people who may have lost their health insurance cards or do not have resources, the facility should offer uh, free care in the interim whilst we find solutions to address these challenges. Well, my colleague Carlos Caloni is on the ground and I've been monitoring this. Uh, Carlos, have you found evidence that this has actually been implemented? Well, even most of the presidents have themselves, they are aware of the dope. Even though them say they are feeling too well, sort of the food they are actually go to hospitals for that uh, they might be tended to yeah and it hard and uh, but other people the advantage of okay by that bad and we got Unfortunately, uh, we're having a terrible connection to Carlos, uh, but you can catch Carlos's uh, full uh, account of what is happening on the ground as far as the health situation is concerned on Joy Prime. Apologies uh, for that uh, terrible connection uh, there. As you can imagine, it's been a tough time uh, in the downstream areas down south of the dam, the Akosomo Dam, after it was spilled. Uh, catch all the latest on this on Joy Prime. Now, controlling electrical and electronic home appliances can be a daunting task, especially for disabled. Now, though some appliances can be controlled remotely, they have separate remote controllers and may even require the internet. But what if you can control all your home appliances using your phone's Bluetooth? That's what a student from the Sunyani Technical University has developed. Lab FM's Chrissy Deborah caught up with Farida Ali for Thek Thursday. This is home automation using Bluetooth. You install the Bluetooth app. The first bulb is for the light. This one is for the fan. This is for the AC. And this is for TV. So you have to take your phone, go to the app. So when you go to the app, you connect. So that when you are at home, inside, sitting at your home zone, you can operate any appliance in the home, wherever you are seated. And I said earlier on that for the disabled too, it is very good for them since they cannot move around. When they are seated, they can just sit there either on the TV or off it, on the fan, off the fan, any appliance in the room. And that's a third test they are for you there. A good initiative, by the way. Listen, let me bring you the very latest from the ongoing National Science and Mass Quiz. And tonight, sweet victory for Opoku Wari and Premper College. They've crashed out of the National Science and Mass Quiz. They were knocked out by their original rivals, Opoku Wari. Let me give you a taste of that defeat. Premper College has 36 points. Pope John Senior High School and Minor Seminary has 36 points. Opoku Wari School has 38 points. This is why we say goodbye to you for 2023. You are speechless. We weren't expecting this thing to happen to us. They can never mark precept. You see, my eyes are red. It's not because we have lost. That's why my eyes are red. Yes, naturally, that's why my eyes are Now we know Achimota is joining us. We are waiting for whoever comes. What I well, my colleague Jackie is on the ground, and Jackie, there is another interesting class currently underway. Presec, what's happening to them? Well, Evans, um, good evening to you and our listeners. Um, so, we are currently in the last contest for the day, and Evans, the big question remains is which of these three schools will be the one to join the two schools 
and that is at Sumota and Owas at the grand finale. But we've ended with the first round of this evening's contest. And in front of him, who is leading with 22 points, and we have Presbyterian Boys School with some 20 points and Keta SHPS with some 17 points. We are currently in the second round as I speak to you. Okay, and so there is a long way to go just yet. And Prisak is trailing. Efantepem uh, is leading. Just two points between them. And Keta is in the third place with 17. We're keeping a close eye on this. Jackie will be coming to you for updates on the Joy News channel. You want to go there and watch that. Catch it also live on our YouTube and Facebook and social media pages. And I know many are praying that uh, Prisek uh, loses this particular contest. And that is uh, one that is many people would love to see. Infanta Pape is also there. Listen, interesting times ahead. As for Aquinas, you know, we are enjoying this. Lexus Bill is up next. It's uh, on personality profile. And uh, he's going to be having a conversation with Mr. Alex Dede, the executive chairman of KGL Group of Board Chair of the GIPC, Man of the Year, 8th Emmy Africa Awards. Listen, you don't want to miss this.